0: podcast episode 165 i'm benjamin yoder here today talking to about video games per usual lately have not spent a ton of time on like actual game progress unfortunately uh i'm hoping to change that a little bit if you, I, I mentioned at the, the last podcast i was like i want to probably take somewhat of a break in and putting content out and uh that I think that's gonna happen. Um, I, I I don't know for sure because I actually do have something ready for for this week actually. Uh, so tomorrow I have the Chibi Robo update video coming out, and it, it was a short video. It, it didn't take me very long to put together overall. Um, so so it's not like a full piece of content. I would say it, it's definitely like a half piece, uh, maybe closer something to akin to that that PS2 backwards compatibility video I did. Um, so, but yeah, I think, I think there's a good chance next month. We won't have anything come out on, uh, on the first week, but we'll, we'll see. I, I am not saying it's not going to happen, but it only, I'll only do it if it makes sense, I guess, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, in terms of, of gameplay itself, uh, the, the one game I did have any major progress on was Lost Planet 2. We went ahead and finished up that. Um, that's a, that's a weird game. It's like, I've always heard it be called like a monster hunter third person shooter. And I definitely I definitely see that in the in the game. It's very, um it's got a very Capcom style. There there's like a loot based system, you can like switch out different components that you're able to or like uh pieces of equipment that you're able to to have in a field at once. So like, for example, if somebody has like a short ranged heavy weapon and they set it to a revolver, but another player has it set to, let's say a shotgun. Um, the, each player sees that weapon differently. So, so like there'll be one revolver on the ground, but the other players, the shotgun. So it's, it's this thing where it's like, like you kind of pick a loadout in some ways. So you, you would kind of make, make a loadout that's like fitting for a particular campaign. If you're, if you're aware of like what the challenges of that campaign are, Um, and, and, you know, some of that stuff, it, it definitely, like, if it's a longer ranged, um, like, map or something like that, they'll usually, like, place down longer ranged weapons. Uh, that, and there's, like, the whole mech system where you can, like, jump into mechs, you can rip their weapons off and put another weapon on. It's, it's, it's it's not, it doesn't have the depth or complexity of like a monster hunter. And admittedly I didn't play on like a harder difficulty. Um, but it definitely has that style in some ways in terms of both, like how it feels to, to play. It, it kind of feels more chunky than a typical third person shooter. Um, but it does have a lot of, I don't know if movement options, the right word, but the, you have a lot of flexibility in how you can kind of move around. Um, and, and you also, the storytelling also just feels like really goofy, very animated in the way that Monster Hunter storytelling feels, or as much as Monster Hunter storytelling can feel. I, I, I have not really played through much of Monster Hunter world to say if that is, uh, is that, if that's still true. Uh, but like a Monster Hunter try, I feel like, you know, everybody's animations are these like really exaggerated things. I assume mostly because it's like, you know, uh, Immediately, it was originally a PS2 series, but like on a PSP or something, those kind of animations would stand out more if they're more exaggerated on a on a small screen. Um, but but I, I'm gonna guess even the PS2 era, I seem to recall the animations being just as crazy. So maybe that's a that's a <laughs> maybe that's not quite where that came from per se. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I I did not l- love it or anything like that. I, I didn't really have too much of a do- desire to get like too much deeper into it. It seems like there's like a bunch of different paths you can do for certain missions. So you can you can do different types of um, encounters on certain missions. But overall, it seemed linear enough. And, um, and the drops in the game at this point um, seem to just drop money at this point. They don't like give you random drops anymore. So you have to go play like a slot machine. And I, I didn't ever find that to be a very exciting way to get items because i just would go to the slot machine after the end of each chapter and just like smash the the you know roll button essentially um and and most time is like i wasn't really sure what i was even getting or or anything like that so it just i i think it i think i understand why they went from like a drop system to a a a slot system it probably you know makes it a little easier to make sure you're not getting duplicates um but I, I kind of wish I don't know I kind of wish it was like a mix of the two like you could go play the slots uh but also you still got weapon drops and things like that you you get title drops uh during the game so you can like change your tile title I think I think mine was like uh school's out for summer or something like that so so yeah but I I generally enjoyed it um otherwise I just played some uh um, pickups that I that I had I've been kind of I've been kind of building up a set of games that I that I need to do a pickups video on so I went ahead and spent some time on those last night I was going to stream the Japanese games I imported but unfortunately still having internet problems so I I tried streaming a few times and the frames were just dropping like crazy so so I was like well uh, I won't worry about this (laughs) um so we'll, we'll see I don't know how that's gonna go in the future in terms of streaming uh I probably need to try to try another modem the last modem I got just basically was a not really working for for whatever whatever reason and then B eventually just stopped responding uh whenever we connected any devices to it. So I don't know what was up with that modem. So I probably just need to replace it. Um but uh, the the one game that I that I do want to like mention real quick uh, out of those ones that I was doing for my pickups, and this is not one of the Japanese import games, was uh, I I picked up an Xbox 360 version of El Shaddai. I, I only ever rented El Shaddai on the PlayStation 3, so I never had a copy. Um, but El Shaddai is probably my second favorite game from that generation, uh, or at least between PS3 and 360. Um, I I well, near the original near is always on top for me, but but El Shaddai for sure, is a really great game. And I, I can't get over, like, just how good that game looks even today and and just how, um, you know, fun its storytelling is. Uh, and also, I think its combat feels really good, too. It's it's a pretty sim- – well, I don't want to say it's pretty simple. It is it – is, um, you know, you could just mash that game out if you want to, pressing the square – or uh, in the case of the 360, like, the X button. I think the square button on PS3. Um, you can't just kind of mash that game out. But there is, like, this – I don't know, like dance like element to it where you can kind of like, um, steal other people's weapons and that like purifies their weapons. So you can like purify your own weapon, which makes it deal more damage on its own. And then as you kill enemies, it like builds up more. uh, I think it's called vial that gets built up in your, your, your weapon. And then once it turns red, you got to kind of purify it so it can do the most damage. But if you steal other enemies weapons, you automatically purify them when you steal them. So you don't have to play out the animation, of purifying your own weapon, which kinda leaves you open. Uh or rather, when you're purifying your weapon just like on its own without stealing it it kind of leaves you open if you're if you're stealing it from somebody an animation plays out still but you seem to be invulnerable for that animation so that that, it kind of makes this interesting thing where you're kind of picking and choosing which enemies to take care of first because there's some weapon you might want to have by the end of the battle so you're like i'm gonna kill this guy steal this weapon go kill this guy steal this weapon and then like for these last two i'm gonna definitely kill this guy first because i want to steal this other guy's weapon uh at the end of this so I have that for the end um immediately you can just keep the weapon and when you kill the next guy but when you're just dis- disarming people it definitely gives you an advantage in combat so yeah I that game is really nice um I played it for like an hour and a half and I was like man I could just play through all this game again actually <laughs> um I I thought about it a little bit but I should play new video games but El Shaddai is great if you haven't ever played El Shaddai you should Maybe we'll do something with it someday. I mean, I I picked it up because I was like, well, maybe some point I'll I'll do something with this. Um, but it's a really good game, really good soundtrack. I I, I can't recommend it enough. And the Xbox three sixty version is quite a bit cheaper than the ps3 version if i recall correctly although i i don't know if this is the case for the ps3 version but i did notice some um some like hiccuping during the uh cut in the 360 version so it would, it would chop up a little bit uh my expectation of that generation is um you know xbox 360 was easier to program for so most Uh, Developers use that as their lead skew, so my guess is that the 360 version runs better than the PS3 version. But that's not to say that 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 is different for the case of El Shaddai. It's also late enough that it's very likely it's a game that you know people knew how to use the PS3 at that point, so they were able to kind of figure out you know the best ways to make that work. And if whatever, I don't even know the developer for El Shaddai, but if they weren't used to working with Xbox 360 hardware, maybe it could have been more more difficult. In terms of news this week, uh, we have the Moon Remix RPG, uh, I think that's the full name, New- Moon Remix RPG Adventure, I believe is the full name. Uh, that, If you didn't remember last year, that was announced and uh, and was going to get localized, but we've just been kind of radio silent since. This is a, um, a I guess you call it an adventure game uh, that came from a lot of the same people who brought or who made a Lovely Lick uh are not lovely like uh, Chibi Robo. The developers called Lovely Like that Made Moon, but Chibi Robo um a lot of people from from Lovely Lake uh uh went to went on to make Chibi Robo and then also like Chulip and things like that. Um there's also this one, I forget the company name. There's this one PS2 game, I can't remember. It's like a little caveman walking around and stuff. But um but yeah, uh Moon was Moon looks pretty pretty good. Uh it's <laughs> it, it's very much in the, the style of like a Chibi Row with Captain Rainbow where you're kinda walking around listening to people's problems and then, you know, through helping them you you gather happiness or or in the case of Moon, love, and then you go and you kinda turn those into to, you know get your your upgrade so it's the that's why they they term it like the anti-rpg kind of thing because you're 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 using love to to fulfill your experience rather than experience points uh in the case of this one is it is pretty much literal anti-rpg because it is there's this hero guy who's supposed to be like the protagonist of a jrpg walking around killing uh monsters and so he can get experience points and then you are like going and saving the souls of these dead monsters so there's like one part in the trailer where it's just like this dead chicken and this chicken soul just like staring over its body <laughs> it's just a little a little uh you know a little a little silly considering considering the storytelling going on but i think that's about right for for uh Rebo. so or that, that style of game. So I'm pretty excited for it. Unfortunately, I just don't know when I'll get to it. Um, Jet Girls is coming out around that time. And Jet Girls, mechanically, is definitely more interesting to me. Uh, but but in terms of tone and storytelling, I, I'd imagine that game is probably as charming as Skip's other titles. I still need to play Captain Rainbow as the other thing. I I, I got the, the partial fan translation downloaded and... And, and got it working. I just need to actually sit down and, and, and play it still. So we'll see if I if I get to that anytime soon. Probably not. Uh, there's also a new trailer for Battletoads. I feel like it's been a very long time since we've seen Battletoads. I could be wrong about that, but it seems like it was like announced at an E3 like a year or two ago, and it just has been quiet. Uh I did not see a great reception for this. Um I I don't want to say too much about it because I honestly am not much of a Battletoads fan. I think what was most interesting about this was trying to figure out who this game was for cuz obviously you have, you know, the 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 people who grew up on the game, who the original NES game. Uh I think there's some other games as well after that. Um but but very few. Um, but the original NES game, um, and you know, they're, they're quite a bit older and it's, it's uh, kind of like eighties, like late, late eighties cartoon style. I think they would be trying to like wanting to emulate to some degree, but the trailer for this looks, I don't even want to say it looks like a modern kid's cartoon. It, it looks almost in some ways, actually, you know, it kind of reminds me a bit of like that Teen Titans reboot. Is it Teen Titans Go? Is that what the re the reboot's called? Because There's Teen Titans, which is like the original one where they're like like teenage people, and then then there's Teen Titans. Well, I mean, they're teens in this too, but Teen Titans go to like little chibi characters and stuff. It reminds me a little bit of that. Um, but even that feels a little dated to me in terms of like kids' cartoons. I, I don't feel like that is super representative of the current style of kids' cartoons, but I don't watch a lot of current kids' cartoons, so I don't, I can't sit here and say that I'm, I'm an expert on this. But it, it did feel like this weird um disconnect of like, hey, we're bringing back Battletoads. We're gonna target it at children now, I guess, which which is not a not a bad approach. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying that's like not how you can go about that. Um, it's just it's just a little interesting to me that it it seemed like it really lean that direction of just like we're looking for a new audience admittedly I don't know what the size of the old Battletoads audience is right (laughs) I'd imagine a lot of those people are like Nintendo fans too so you might not be getting a ton of them on an Xbox platform but I hope it's good I hope it works out I I do wish Microsoft had a more diverse library so so a game like Battletoads being being successful I think would be very helpful in that regard I don't think Rare has any involvement with this. Rare was the original developer of Battletoads. I forget who's working on this one. So, and then also, there's some new Final Fantasy XI story content coming. If you don't remember, uh, with Final Fantasy XI, they kind of wanted to end the story. I-, I believe with the intention that they didn't want to have the game shut down. And then the story be left kind of unfinished. So they went and did the Rhapsodies of Vanadriel, which was basically a um, a, a finale for a Final Fantasy XI storyline. Um, and I, I don't, I haven't been playing the game really regularly since well a long time. I really since like two thousand eight probably. Um, but but I did go back and play the Rhapsodies of Vanadriel. I also finished all the other story content in the game, um, or or main. Single path mainline story content. There's a bunch of other nations and stuff that I haven't touched on really, but so they've been talking about this for a little while. Um, but yeah, basically it sounds like the numbers for Final Fantasy 11 have steadied out in terms of subscriptions, and it doesn't look like they expect the game to get shut down in the short term. So they're like, hey, what if we make more story? Um so this is the first first part of a new story content. How important that story content is, I, I don't really know. Um, but, but I think it's cool that they are, they are, you know, taking the time to, to work on this again. I'll, I'll be curious to see how, how it holds up quality wise, because I remember like late Wings of the Goddess on, uh, on, uh, Final Fantasy XI was, Wings of the Goddess being the, probably the expansion where Final Fantasy XI kind of started, um, you know, uh, I guess you could say, you know, tr- started cranking down because Final Fantasy XIV was, was out and, uh and kind of happening you know to some degree but yeah wings of the goddess feels like when square enix was kind of started to say okay let's time it's time to move on from this game um late wings of the goddess the the, like the localization of that is pretty the writing in english is pretty rough um but when which is kind of crazy because early wings of the goddess it's like as as most like the most money was dumped into that game at that that period of time probably in terms of development budget and things like that so that being said Seekers of Adullin is very good that that came a bit later I think Seekers of Adullin was very much like a Oh god, Final Fantasy Fourteen like launched very poorly and we don't know if we can fix this, so start bolstering Final Fantasy Eleven back up so we don't lose those people <laughs> uh to people who tried to go to fourteen and, and then and then need, wanna go back to Final Fantasy Eleven. We need content for them, so so yeah, I'm excited to see what that looks like. Will I do it? Um you know me. I will always wanna do it, but whether I get the time to, who can say. Still haven't played Fancy Star Online 2, despite installing it like a week ago. I think. And this last news story is basically about some uh, some research that Super Data did about the uh, E3 timeframe for the video games industry and and what views looked like for like you know those those Microsoft events, the Ubisoft events, things like that. And and it sounds like that the E3 presence or the the E3 numbers that you would get from uh, from doing those presentations during like one week. Uh seemed to hold even though it was spread out through through like multiple months i guess at this point um so that's that's good that things like seemed to people were still excited to check into games. admittedly you know we there's not a lot like because of you know quarantine there's not a lot you can go out and do at times uh so maybe that's inflating those numbers a little bit compared to like a usual year uh but but it seemed like it was pretty pretty normal it, it sounds like some some companies had a little less but some companies had a little more but it was never enough to be like oh man this year was a bust because there's no physical e3 space um which is good probably in the long run and it's probably good for the the companies who are looking to to do these events. Um I I personally like that week to two week long period of news drops. I I enjoy that. It's just like a really short period of time where you can just stay really focused on the games industry and and see, you know, what's coming out of there and and it's just it's a nice way to to kind of sum up the games like the next year or so in like a one week period. So you kind of have some baseline and understanding of what you're going to have for the next year, I guess. Um, so, so you know, to some degree, I'm a little sad that, you know, E3 is definitely becoming less and less of a thing. Um, I kind of hope that it stays a bit more compact still. I, I wasn't a huge fan of how it spread out this, this time because it just was it was hard to keep keep track of who is doing what and when. Um, but when you're when you have just like a week, it's very easy to be like, oh, people are going at this time on this day, things like that. So, so I thought that was that was uh, you know overall a good story, but but maybe something that I find a little disappointing. But you know, times are changing. Um, speaking of times are changing, Million Arthur, the the hit Square Enix franchise. I did some snooping around this weekend um, because the original. Well, I don't want to say the original. The the Current mainline Million Arthur game is shutting down on September 30th, um, and that is is kind of bad because, as far as I can tell, there's no like follow-up set up for that, so I was kind of curious um, to see where Million Arthur was at overall because you know uh, probably uh, you don't you, you probably don't know actually uh Million Arthur had a really strong push in like 2018 to become like this big multimedia franchise they were like you know splitting the games out there was going to be a Million Arthur MMO there's a crossover with uh SNK Heroines, uh there is a uh action game released on on mobile devices um there there's a bunch of stuff there's a VR game that came out too and the fighting game probably the one that most people are familiar with the fighting game came out Um, and, and there's just a ton of stuff and it seems like none of it really caught on. I looked into a lot of these like service-based games, like the MMO, I think ended after less than a year. Um, there was the, uh, the, the, the two mobile games I was talking about, the, or the one mobile game, the action one that was shut down. And then, uh, this, this, uh, most recent card games being shut down. So, so as, as of September 30th, as far as I can tell, none of the live games for Million Arthur exists anymore. After that, um, they are doing the cool thing, and I, I hope this continues to be a thing, uh, like with Love Plus Every. Uh, they're doing a the thing where they're they're updating the app, so it has an offline presence, so you can view models and things like that on there. You can read, I think, lore stuff in there as well. I and mean, this is the Japanese version; not you're not getting this in the English one. The English one, as far as I'm aware, shut down a long time ago. But they're but they're building it out so so that. App still retains value even after, you know, those services shut down, which I think is super cool and super, super valuable in terms of like, you know, making sure people don't just feel, you know, gypped at the end of their, their, their tenure with the game where it's like I dumped hundreds of dollars into this video game and have nothing for it at the very least. Until that phone dies and, you know, the operating systems move on from being compatible, you have a device that you can look at those those things and kind of, I don't know if reminisce is the right word, but you have something left, right? Um, and I, I think that's really cool, and I and I hope uh, apps, like, especially the bigger ones, continue to, to um, do that sort of thing where they create some kind of offline version of the application, even if it's not fully featured. In this case, pretty sure there's no actual game in there. It's just... You know, looking at stuff essentially, so pretty cool. For that's pretty cool. Game's shutting down, maybe not pretty cool. As far as I can tell, the mobile game and the, the mobile game, the fighting game and the VR game, have not had any updates since uh, 2019. Uh, there's also an anime that came out in 2018, I think, and that's uh, that's all finished up, I think. And then finally, there's um, the web series, which is how I found out about Million Arthur. These like little weird short animations that are way over the top and way ridiculous. Um, um, Those, the last episode for that was in uh, 2019. Uh, You know, ironically, celebrating the fifth anniversary of Million Arthur. And then that was the last episode, as far as I could tell. So, unfortunately, I think the Million Arthur IP is is gone. I did look into the developer a little bit, which was Business Division 10, who was really in charge of the Million Arthur IP in general. Yeah, it's a Square Enix property, but they're the ones that were uh on, on that the team that created the original million, million arthur and they've apparently last year were merged into a, another group called uh, creative business division four i think is what it's called um and you know all, it, it sounds like there's a lot of condensing down of teams at score Enix in general it was not just this particular team that got wrapped in so they got wrapped into like three other teams essentially uh, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but it is worth mentioning, I think. So, rip Million Arthur. I still want to play your fighting game. The VR game I'd be interested in checking out sometime too. I wonder it's it's listed on Steam, but I don't know like if it's completely in English. Well, the the trailer was subtitled, so I assume that it's probably in English. I don't know if you can just like buy Japanese games off Steam. I know they have that weird thing when they do like the slash and then the Japanese name, so it'd be like I don't know Million Arthur and then slash the Japanese writing for the name. So I don't. I assume that's because all the store pages are linked in a weird way and they don't really have a way to, to show it per region because back-end stuff needs to be updated to make that work. So, yeah. And to finish off this week, I have a little bit of uh, anime talk here. So this weekend, while I was um, working on the Chibi-Robo video, really when I was just kind of cleaning up the end of it, sourcing videos and things like that, uh, I started watching Ascendants of a Bookworm, um which is basically this this anime about this uh <laughs> This high school girl who dies, this sounds very familiar, right? About similar to that villainous thing. High school girl that dies, and then she gets reincarnated into this fantasy world as a child, essentially. Uh this one is, as far as I can tell, not about any kind of romance or anything like that. Admittedly, villainous, not really a romance story. I mean romance is a part of the plot, but it's it's there's not a lot going on there. Um, and in the case of Ascendants, there is some kind of like light romance. Super I wouldn't even call it romance. It's it's very light. Um, but like, it's basically this girl is like a six year old girl now, or this like high or college girl, sorry, it's now a six year old girl, but she has like retained the knowledge of being a, uh, adult and, and is trying to read books. But because she's like stuck in medieval Europe, there's not really books around for people to read. So, so it starts going into this whole thing of her trying to get in the business of creating books so she can read books again. Um, it's very slow moving, I I found. Um, you know, I'm on like episode eight and they're like <laughs> still trying to figure out how to make paper. <laughs> so so it's it's definitely a very slow moving show. But I've been I've, I I've been using the, the I've been watching the English dub and uh and just have it on the background while I work on other things and I, I think that's worked out pretty well for me because it's so slow moving and there's not a lot going on, um, it's really easy to just kind of like listen to the dub and then like kind of look over and see what's going on the screen from time to time so but i've I've been enjoying it as like a as a background uh, uh thing i'm doing so so yeah otherwise in terms of content coming up like i said things might be a little quiet in terms of mainline content you know hopefully that gives me more space to start playing video games again and then i can start you know doing things that are like quick plays again and things like that um I'm sitting here staring very intensely at this copy of Yokai Watch 2: Fleshy Souls, which is the last pickup game you need to play. I have nothing to say about that. I just had my eyes stuck there for about 30 seconds and thought I would address that. Um, and then, so the chibi Robo video is going to come up on Tuesday again. Kind of a shorter video, but but it is there. And then uh, last week I, I tried to go ahead and finish up Tiny Bullets. Uh, did not work out unfortunately. Uh, we are at the final boss but unfortunately the stream went on a little too long and I had to wake up early the next day. So I couldn't, I couldn't end up finishing the, um, the stream itself, unfortunately, or I couldn't end up finishing the game itself, unfortunately. So we'll need to revisit that boss fight next time. And then, uh, and then I think we'll just jump straight into quest 64, uh, assuming my internet's working fine. <laughs> so, so yeah, anyways, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. One is the website. Um, per usual podcast goes up every Monday morning at 9 a.m pacific time and then I try to stream every Thursday at 7 p.m pacific time however the internet issues have definitely uh thrown some wrenches in that plan so if I'm not up on Thursday that's probably what happened so anyways thank you so much for your time today and I hope you have a great week bye